0: Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Jay Helms and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today I get to interview somebody who I've looked up to for a long time uh, in the real estate investing world. And the main reason is because we both started investing about the same time. However, Joe Fairless now controls over $570 million worth of real estate assets, uh, with approximately 4,200, a little over 4,200 units, and in that similar time frame, my portfolio has only grown to about 51 units and close to just a million dollars worth of real estate assets. So uh, he has that going for him, but I got to tell you, we got to talking about some personal things. Come to find out, back in our prime, we both played a little college football, and I have to have to admit. I would have beat Joe in the 40 yard dash. So I've got that going for me, but anyway, so back more about Joe, if you don't know who he is, he is the host of the world's largest running daily real estate iTunes podcast known as The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. He has interviewed guests such as Robert Kiyosaki, Emmett Smith, and Tony Hawk, uh, and including yours truly. So Joe is also an author of several books uh, covering real estate investing and apartment syndication. His first two books including Bet, include Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volumes 1 and 2, and then his third book, which recently just released. Uh, Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book, which provides a proven step-by-step system for completing a first apartment syndication deal. Joe's Real Estate Advice has been featured on Forbes, Yahoo, Finance, Huffington Post, and he was named 2018 Multi-Family Investor of the Year by Think Realty. He is on the board for Junior Achievement and received the honor of Outstanding Alumni at Texas Tech University. You can learn more about Joe on his website, joefairless.com. Now, Let's get into it.
1: This is Joe Fairless. You're listening to the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Now let's earn, invest, repeat. You are a W2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap. Between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing, you are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms.
0: I'm recording, so I know we don't have a whole lot of time. And as luck would have it, the, we're having our house painted, and the painter showed up to clean and pressure wash today. We'll rock and roll, and they're right outside my window. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, good. hey, I've been there before.
0: Yeah, I hey, was. Well, I appreciate you doing this. And I appreciate Grant for connecting us, man. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I just want to dive right into it. You Let's know, do I, it. Um, so Ashcroft Capital. Okay, I, I was doing my research on you co-founder of Ashcroft Capital in 2015, and you guys now have, I think it was over 570 million in assets under management. Amazing, right? So um, for those uh, people who are listening, that's not normal by no means, right? So do do you have a goal of where you wanna go with Ashcroft, and in your wildest dreams, did you ever think you would be where you are today?
1: uh as far as the goal goes i i mean the number one focus is performing on our current portfolio as long as we perform on our current portfolio we'll continue to get word of mouth referrals from our current investors and sky's the limit yeah Uh, so that that's our focus and that's that is our goal i mean we have a director of acquisitions his name's scott Lebenhart. if you ask him that question. Since he gets compensated based on some acquisition, <laughs> yeah. he probably has a different goal. <laughs> he yeah. probably wants to keep acquiring, but you know, Frank, my business partner and I, you know, we co-founded Ashcroft, and that is our focus to continue to form. Yeah. In terms of you know where I'm at relative to my wildest dreams, I don't. Um, you know, I, I think we all have limitless potential. And it's all, it's a, it's a matter of realizing the potential. And I don't think anyone comes close to scratching the surface of what their actual potential is and are realizing their potential. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I, 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 saw this, I mean, maybe not exactly this, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. And I think, you know, if we continue to do what we say we're going to do, then we'll keep growing.
0: Yeah. And you got, I follow a couple of your uh, partners um, that work with you on raising cap raising money for these deals and and following you. And I I keep continuing to be amazed at how you guys find properties that uh, not only meet your investing criteria, um, but, you know, seem to turn a profit. I mean, you guys are, you know, what you just said, focus on asset performance. So talk to me a little bit about how you guys are finding these deals. And that may be a better question for your acquisition manager, but it seems like you guys are just rolling in what seems to be a hot market and nobody else can make sense of the deals that are showing up. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, we look at a lot of deals. So I am, yeah, as you know, I'm the host of uh, the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast, which means that, I have interviewed more real estate investors than anyone else in the entire world. Right. No one else in the world has interviewed more real estate investors than I have. And that translates into relationships and relationships translates in this scenario into opportunities that we are able to look at. And combining that network with a Frank and Scott's very strong broker network we see a lot of the deals uh, that are out there. And specifically we're focused on a uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, we have a couple properties. Well, we have one property in Houston. We sold one and we are looking at Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville. So we're focused on certain markets uh, and we're laser focused within those markets on certain properties. And so we, ha- we're very, intentional about where we go, what we're looking for, and when you're intentional about where, you're, where you want to go and what you're looking for, then it's easier to find than if you're just saying, hey, I want to buy a value-add multifamily property uh, that, you know, has, that can double investors' money in five years. Well, yeah. you know, th- that, that's too broad. And um, if you're not focused on certain markets, then that's too broad too. So I think it's, it's a matter of our approach and our relationships, uh, combining those two things. And, and we have a talented team. Uh, we have a team that uh, has unique skill sets. And the goal as uh, you know, founders of the company is for us to put our team members in a position to thrive based on their unique skill sets. And, uh, so far we've, we've done a good job of that. And, uh, so it's, it's a, it's a matter of, of looking at all, a lot of opportunities and then putting the right pieces in place.
0: Yeah. So, and that's awesome. I, th- I think you're, you hit it the nail on the head is, is, you know, what you're going after. And that's one of the things that we strive for in the W2 Capitalist Mastermind group that I lead is getting, getting very specific on your goals. You know, and and putting some hard dates on them. Don't just say, "Hey, in five years, right, I want to do this," because in five years, guess what? That goal is still going to say, "In five years." You know, I fell victim of that right. before, and I did notice that a lot of your acquisitions do happen in and around Dallas. Uh, is that because of your uh, familiarity with the market? I knew you uh, went to college at Texas tech and in, in Lubbock and for somebody who failed geography like myself or didn't take the time to look it up on Google maps, <laughs> how far away is Dallas from Lubbock? And is that the main reason why you're sticking to, to that geo right now? Dallas anyway?
1: to Lubbock is about uh, 300 miles, I think. Okay. So, you know, so not 40, 45 minutes on a plane, puddle jumper. i the reason why, uh, me being from Dallas-Fort Worth is a, um, a coincidence for why we picked Dallas-Fort Worth. When we picked okay. Dallas-Fort Worth because of the market fundamentals, because everyone uh, who leaves their state goes to Texas unless you live in New Jersey, New York, or Michigan, then you go to Florida. But yeah. <laughs> other than that, you're going, to Texas. all you California people, if you know, you, I guarantee you know someone, one of your neighbors or used to be your neighbors who now lives in Texas. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Just, that's just the migration pattern because the jobs are going there into Texas. And then because, um, you know, some people, you know, the other states, they're, they're moving to Florida for the weather and for, um, you know, no state income tax, that sort of thing. Yeah. And
0: uh so I'm in Florida and I'm I love the state income, no state Where income you Uh Pensacola.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um and I've been to Texas twice. Um one time I didn't think I was gonna get out alive, and that was in my early twenties when I was doing some stupid stuff and hanging around dumb people. We won't get into that. Today. What'd you know? What do? I'm curious. <laughs> uh so it was I was in college station and I was with uh a, a coworker of mine. We were on a job and he liked to party. Um, and we ended up, it was, we ended up outside of a bar at 2 a.m. Now, granted, we have to be on site at eight o'clock the next morning. Uh, I couldn't get him to leave. And he was, he, he he was not a whole, he was not bigger than me, but he thought he was. (laughs) So, uh, and especially after he had a few drinks in him. So after he hit on every girl in the bar, uh, we, I decided, okay, it's time to leave. We're getting some weird looks. We end up in the parking lot surrounded by five different guys.
1: Oh, my.
0: And I I went up. I stepped in the middle of the street. I should have let him just beat him down. Because <laughs> it wouldn't have been the first time that this happened to him, I'm sure. But I looked in. I, I stepped in. Found the right guys. Look, buddy. I know he's an asshole. Uh, unfortunately, I've got to work with him. And we've got to be at work in a couple of hours. I can't let you all do what you're about to do to him. <laughs> And uh, by the grace of God, they let us walk away. And I don't know – I don't – I really don't know why that happened, but I, I just, you know – and, of course, he's mouthing off to them all the way to of the car, and, you know. Oh, and, man. Um, and he's supposed to be the senior on the trip. He's been the guy that's been there a lot longer than I have. What's that guy to be- doing today? Uh, unfortunately, he has passed away. He oh, – he, he oh, yeah. yeah, he was um, – I think it was a drowning accident, but I, I will say this: I don't think his life changed much yeah. from that point until until the, wow. to his death. But yeah, wow. he's. Uh,
1: it's a hard life um,
0: to live. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, at least I, I can say I saved him once, yes. at least, you know. But uh, so, you know, my my experience at Texas A and M was not 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 very good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I did enjoy that how uh, most people in Texas at the time uh, that I talked to, you know, they were invest. they were interested in buying properties and whatnot. And, you know, uh, for a, um, it, it was a banking industry that I worked in at that, that time. And, and the, um, people at the bank, you know, they thought a house on 40 acres was not a lot of land, you know, that's, that's tiny. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, back, back in Birmingham, a quarter acre will go for, you know, $50,000, yep. you know, so it was just amazing to, to, see that and understand it but
1: i'm from texas and 40 acres is a lot of land
0: it is okay okay maybe it was just who we were talking to that and that (laughs) stuck in my mind but uh so tell tell me about texas tech i know you got a lot going on with the red raiders which uh you graduated there with, with an advertising degree marketing advertising is that right
1: yep okay
0: and and so i also found out that you played uh some flag football
1: I did play some flag football. I in fact even before I went to Texas Tech, I went to Mary Hardin-Baylor in Belton, Texas. It's a Division 3 school. Okay. I played football there for a year and then I left Mary Hardin-Baylor and went to Texas Tech because I was done with the whole college football thing. I yeah. was ready to um, move on and uh, yeah, played some played some flag football and we uh, our our fraternity won the I think they called like the Green Blanket or something. Basically, it's like no, <laughs> yeah. it, it's so stupid. I don't even want to come to the So Anyway, yeah, I played black football. So, um, but what there.
0: was so? What was your position?
1: Oh, everyone's a receiver if you're not a quarterback. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was a receiver. I was a receiver in college too. And
0: okay, you know what's
1: funny is uh, so I was a, a walk on
0: at uh, Jacksonville State where oh, uh, that's where I was shit. a. Well, I was a defensive back, and, um, you know, I was – It. W- I had a greatest time. I've got some of the, you know, greatest teammates, greatest stories, but it was one of those things where um, my my guys in my group called me Jason Seahorn. And I don't know if you remember no, – Of Jason. course I know. Played for okay. the Giants. It, well, yeah, and he, I think he played for the um, Broncos at one point in time. Maybe I'm confusing him with uh, Lynch. But anyway, they called me Seahorn because I was the only white guy in the group. Mm-hmm. And I could I could run, you know that. Not not now, but at the time, you know I could I could spit out a four or five forty, uh, dang, yeah, pretty easy. But uh, not now. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, that was many moons ago. So I wanted to ask you, what was your best forty time?
1: Oh, uh, we should run some route. Ra- we we should do not now. No yeah. way, man. <laughs> be a lot of fun. Be a lot of fun. Uh, my I I was slow. I have real I had really good hands. Um, okay. But really slow, so I was like four four six was my fastest. Okay, so we're we're right there, and 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 you got the advantage. There's a world of difference between four five and four six, though. Well,
0: it it wasn't like four five zero. Okay,
1: (laughs) I I have
0: to cut it off at four five because it's closer to four five nine than it is four five zero.
1: (laughs) Yeah, legitimately say it with a straight face.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and um. You know, that you have the advantage because I did not have the hands. That was why I was a defensive bat because I mm. couldn't catch to say, you know, and, and I tried everything hand, you know, hand strengthening exercise, fingertip <laughs> strengthening exercise. It's just, I, you know, hits me in the pads every time.
1: But anyway, yeah, that was, uh, I, so I, I have two older brothers and one older sister. And my two older brothers, they're uh, eight and 12 years older than me. So growing up I was always competing against people who are 8 and 12 years older than me. Yeah. And they would include me in their football games. So nice. I was in 6th grade, you know, playing against high schoolers or however old they were. And yeah, you know, they they were they were hooking me up some. But yeah. then there's about 10 to 15% of it where I was actually earning it. And yeah. <laughs> I was competing against people. And this is certainly a parallel to business and you know real estate is competing against people. Um, or aligning yourself, being around people who are at a no, whole nother level as you brings you up to that level. And that's one thing that has helped, helped me you know, playing football when I was growing up is I was playing against people who are much better and older and bigger than me. And so as I grew up, you know, it, it, was, it, was, you know, it made me better.
0: Hey everybody, so I want to take a break from the action real quick to introduce you to one of the new affiliates of the show, Everly Well. You can find out more about them at w2capless.com slash affiliates, and that is with an S on the end of affiliates. But Everly Well has 25 plus Uh, or so home health test systems. And the way I was introduced to them was through uh, their food sensitivity test. So uh, this is not a food allergy test, but a food sensitivity test, which I understand it's the way that your gastro system processes certain foods and how it reacts to that. So for about the last five years, I've been battling acid reflux, GERD. I've got a second opinion from a general physician. I've got a third from a gastro specialist, which included an upper endoscopy, which if you've had one of those before, you know what kind of a fun process that is. But um, And they all agreed, hey, you've got GERD, you've got acid reflux, let's subscribe you to this uh, medicine. But the medicine didn't always work, so I knew something else was up. Well, through the grace of technology and Google, I was uh, stumbled upon um, Everly Well and their home health food sensitivity test. Uh, it takes them about five weeks to process the test once you get get it back to them, but what that showed me or revealed to me that I actually have a gluten food sensitivity. And since discovering this, I've done a really good job of transforming my diet and being in gluten uh, aware. Uh, I still feel weird asking for, Hey, is this a gluten free or do you have gluten free uh, items on your menu? when we go out to eat. But what I can tell you is that after about a month of, of, watching my diet and staying away from this food sensitivity that I now discovered I have through every really well. I'm no longer taking or need to take my acid reflux medicine. And I'm also sleeping better at night, which my wife is going to joke that is there any way possible I could sleep better at night, but yes. And being a W2 capitalist, you want to get that full seven to eight hours of sleep at night so you can feel refreshed and ready to go to not only tackle your investment activities, that but also awesome to be great girl. at your I W2. So check them out. That, you know, check out Everly Well I and all of our affiliates at w2capitalist.com slash affiliates. College. Now let's get and back to it. now I kind of look at real estate. Hey, there's enough for everybody. I just look at the deals that make sense for for me to work on paper. And, and the, I, I totally understand what you're saying. But when I look at, um, you know, on the football side of things, Uh, if there was something I disagreed on with you or whatever, then I would just try to take it out on you on the football field, right? (laughs) Emotions and everything. And the one difference that I see between that and real estate is you, is I can't get emotional about the real estate deals because when I try to compete and say, Hey, here's, I've got to have this property. I got to beat this person. Typically it turns out to not be such a great transaction. Actually a complete horrible one, right? Because I abandoned, the whole idea of um, here's what this works for me. I don't really care what it works for everybody else. And when I get emotional about deals, I I tend to abandon that pretty quickly. And uh, so I've really had to work on that, and it's it's turned out uh, to to work for me. But I completely get what you're saying. And as luck would have it, the pressure washer's right here. Those guys are paint. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway so you're you're still involved with texas tech right i saw someone you're on the are you on the board there
1: i i am for i'm on the board for um college of media and communication the college i went to at texas tech and um yeah i just got awarded um outstanding alumni or alumnus whatever whatever the right word is right for, for that college um, I, I was and I was there um, about a week ago, maybe exactly. What's today? Uh, what's today, today is the 24th Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, so yep. I was there literally this time last week in Lubbock, Texas. I spoke to the Dean Student Ambassadors about leadership. They, every uh, couple months, they fly in someone to talk to those students. Uh, it's a select group of students, high-achieving students. And uh, I was a- able to come in there and, and talk to them about leadership.
0: That's awesome for you to be able to give back. I don't know that Jacksonville State's ever going to call on me and say, hey, would you come <laughs> would you come talk to our computer science kids? Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure I mentioned is you seem to love to teach regardless of what you're doing in your career. And it goes all the way back.
1: I saw something
0: uh, well, let me mention this. You've got, you just released a book recently, probably in the last, was it six months ago? Yeah. Um, apartment
1: syndication book. Best yep. ever apartment syndication
0: book. And it's volume one. Is that right? Uh,
1: it's, uh, no, it's just, it's the volume. There won't the be volume. Other volumes. volume. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's all encompassing. Um, I have two other books before that, which volume one, volume two, but then separately, I've got a best ever apartment syndication book.
0: And it is the volume because I I've actually given that away as a as a gift for our Facebook group, but I haven't um, went through it yet because it is a volume. I yeah, mean, that's pretty. Yeah, th-
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, about half of half of the forest uh, was <laughs> sacrificed to educate people on apartments yeah
0: but your but your love for education goes all the way back. I saw something where you actually uh i, I started to refer to refer to you as mr. Joe when we came in because of uh you you actually taught some preschool children while you were still in college right? i did
1: yep i i taught um i i worked at a daycare in college as my job and in addition to internships and then when I left or when i graduated college i needed to make extra money on the week. Well, I, I wanted to make extra money. So I worked on the weekends as a manny, a male nanny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. Oh but no. You- it's, I, I think it's a term I made up. I'm not sure. Maybe I heard about it. Yeah. Um, many people have laughed. So yeah. I, 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 I fully embrace it. it. I did that for like three, four, five years. I don't remember exactly. Yeah.
0: But, but you, and here's what amazes me. So I'm thinking, okay, here's, man, these guys are really getting this window. I hope you can't hear that. I'll, uh, all good. I'll try to edit that out or Who cares. Doesn't matter. barely hear it. Okay, good. <laughs> but you know, I think about my college self and I wasn't thinking about, I want to teach kids. Right. And I, you know, or I really have anything to do with them now. Uh, many moons past that. I've got my own and I wish I had more. Um, but, you know, how did you, and, and this kind of ties into some, somebody made a post this morning about had hey, they just got out of the military, about to turn 22. They've bought three rentals already. They're looking to close on eight more this year. And I'm thinking, you know, they're early 20s, just out of college, just making out of that. military. Yeah, making it happen. But my mindset, which we, we, I talk about a lot, was not there at that age. You know, so how do you remember, like, how was your mindset? Um, what shaped your mind to say, okay, I want to teach. Do you remember anything in your past that said, okay, I see the value in helping other people understand uh, because that has helped you carry on not only what you were teaching those kids in, in, in preschool, but also teaching people about real estate
1: investing. Right. I never thought about it. So, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't, I don't think I have an answer for you because I, I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah. I, I can tell you that I've always been driven and I've always been focused and maybe that ties into teaching. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But when I was in college, I was getting multiple internships, you know, it's in Lubbock, Texas. There's not a lot of places in the large media companies there. So what I would do is I would go door to door to small businesses and I would say, Hey, I'll, I'll do all your advertising. I'll put together a PR plan and I'll help you get more customers for free. Yeah. You're say, trying to build okay, their resume. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's my internship and it's so weak whenever I hear students say, Oh, they I can't find an internship here. Well get your ass off the couch and go to local businesses and just say, Hey, I want to pro- do all these things to help you grow your business. They're yeah. going to say yes. And there's your internship. Create your opportunities. And um, so, you know, I, I've, I've always been very laser focused on what I'm doing. And um, then I go, to the, I go to the extreme with whatever I'm focused on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure how that correlates to teaching. But um, you mentioned, have I you know, always been like, you know, I think you said focus. So, yeah or, or had a plan or, or something. And absolutely. I've always had a plan. So
0: what are, where does your plan lead you next? I mean, do you ever see yourself exiting
1: Ashcroft capital or, or,
0: or, or, what's the, what's the next step for you?
1: Well, we're, I mean, eventually we'll sell all of our properties. Uh, we might 10, you know, 1031 them and we might exit out, uh, just depends on what makes the most sense for our investors. Um, I mean, the, I, we have a business now where there doesn't need to be a next step other than let's just continue to perform on our current portfolio and keep our head down and do well. And, you know, we've got $600 million worth of properties and in 30 days we'll have about 650 or so million dollars worth of properties. So we, we, we don't need to have a, a you know, Hey, after you do this, let's go do this. Or even, hey, after, let's do these, and then we'll take it to another level and do this. Right. We just we, we're at the scale, and we'll continue to grow as long as we continue to perform. So that is the primary focus, and that that's that's really what it's all about. And it's not only focus; it's not only performance on the properties, but it's also performance on um, delivering the service that our investors deserve. And that's something that we get compliment on on a lot from our investors is the type of communication we have and um you know how responsive we are and and um you know our distribution approach we do monthly distributions um so we the customer service the intangibles are also really important to us
0: yeah monthly distribution is almost unheard of right most people do it quarterly
1: yeah, and even if it's quarterly, they might re- they might actually send it out a month after the quarter ends. So you really get in like every four or five months. Yeah, we yeah. do. We we're able to. Uh, we have our team set up to do monthly. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. So if somebody he- hearing that may think, "Well, Joe's just on cruise control," but if you're adding <laughs> fifty million dollars in asset, I mean, you know, you guys started Ashcroft Capital in in two thousand fifteen, right? So yes. Within five, a uh, little under five years, you've added uh, over $600 million in assets. I don't think that's cruise control. Um, no,
1: I don't think any <laughs> <laughs> of run cruise control. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I follow um, Annie Dickerson with Good Egg. I know she works with y'all too. And, and I'm always impressed to see how, um, how those folks, I mean, just how y'all put these deals together and, and um, fund them. What in my eyes seems like pretty easy, but I know there's a lot of hard work and a lot of reputation that goes into to doing that. Oh,
1: it's totally easy. Snap your fingers. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. The magic snap, right? If you
1: blink, then you missed it. It's just already been done. (laughs) So,
0: with that being said, where is the market headed over the next 12 to 18 months, and does that affect you and y'all's acquisition or your performance-based focus? uh, outlook, you know, and it, it, and with y'all investing in multifamily, it seems like those are in, in the asset classes that you're in. It seems like those are a little bit more, um, uh, bulletproof, right?
1: Well, where, where's the market headed? I don't know. Not sure. Uh, yeah. where do I think it's headed? I'll speculate and I'll say that interest rates are going to go up, uh, over the next you know, 12 to 24 months and cap rates, uh, will not compress anymore they 'll go flat or or um, increase yeah um, so that 's great on the well uh, pros and cons so um if you 're buying then you can get more for your money with the cap rate increase, but if the interest rates are higher, then it might be a wash if yeah. you're selling well just opposite for both people have less buying power on the um, uh on the interest rate and if if cap rates increase well that's actually not a good thing uh for you as you're selling so um you know what what where, where does that put us uh i follow what i call the three immutable laws of real estate investing and if you just search joe fairless three immutable laws of real estate investing it will be a blog post that goes into it in detail cliff notes version Buy for cash flow, not appreciation. So we buy for cash flow, we buy properties that make money day one, then we enhance the cash flow via value add, our value add approach. Um, the second is have debt on it that goes at least twice as long as the business plan. So our business is usually two years, but we project at least five years for a hold. And the gotcha. debt that we have on the property is gonna take us at least to five years at minimum. Kay. And third is adequate cash reserves so we we uh put at least five five percent of the equity we bring to the deal uh will be in cash reserves so uh should something unexpected take place then we'll have adequate cash reserves to weather the storm um as gotcha. long as you're adhering to those fundamental uh laws of real estate investing then you know, you're, you're solid you're, gonna, you're you're solid yeah that's
0: also. I, I know there's a lot of people who want to be in your shoes. So, it, it, you know, that is part of the, uh, the equation, but, uh, you gotta be able to willing to execute it. Right. To be able to do that. Yep. So, um, and it sounds like you've got a great team that, um, that, uh, helps you do that. So one of the things, and you mentioned your podcast and I'll make a link to that. And I'll also make a link to that blog post you just uh, recommended. Um, but on your podcast, you ask a question at the end of every podcast, what is the best advice ever? So I want to throw that back at you and say, what is the best advice you can give someone who wants to follow in your footsteps to create their own capital group uh, and and kind of get into the multifamily space if they're just now starting out?
1: I'd say the richest people in the world build networks. Everyone else looks for work. Robert Kiyosaki mentioned that when I was interviewing him on my podcast and uh, the, you know, people invest in people who, uh, they know, like, and trust. So if you're looking to, so I'm giving this advice based on your specific, the specific way you phrased the question, yeah. Yeah. um, not just general advice. Um, so you asked, you know, someone who wants to follow in my footsteps. So partner syndications, that's where this advice is coming from, right. um, you know, build a network, build a, build a network of people who, um, know like, and trust you can, and that's it's scalable. So have a thought leadership platform, like a podcast, like a blog, like a YouTube channel, uh, and then, um, interview people on it so that you're getting to know more people you're learning along the way. And then by doing that, you're going to build a network of people who will rally around you whenever you have something of value to offer.
0: Yeah. Which is the main reason I started this podcast because I, I started realizing I'm having these conversations anyway. Why not record them and let other people yeah. hear them, you know? So yeah. oh, exactly. um, and I'm genuinely interested in, in talking to you and other folks similar in your spot, which maybe there's not that many, right? <laughs> but you are, uh, you're definitely knocking it out of the park when it comes to multifamily. Uh, one last question. What's your favorite? I heard you're a huge Third Eye Blind uh, fan. Is that true? Mm-hmm
1: that is very true yeah
0: what's your favorite song
1: um i like wounded it's okay. a little dark but i like that song
0: okay all right all right wounded we're running up on time and you're very strict with that so joe thank you very much i appreciate it
1: hey i'm glad we connected good talking to you
0: same here same here right. i'll hope to do it again soon all right see you all right bye <laughs>